0: This is Cybersound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity, with your hosts, Jason Poufal and Stephen Mareska. Good morning and welcome to Cybersound Podcast. Today we're joined by Michael Grandy, the CEO of TBG g Incorporated. Uh, Michael happens to be my boss as well. Uh, and today we're going to discuss the cost of security, changing the way we think, and being more proactive in your spend. Welcome, Michael.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm very excited.
0: Yeah, this will be fun. I'm looking forward to doing it. Uh, So information security is usually considered a cost center. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, when I'm talking to prospective clients uh, tends to be one of the prevailing concerns, right? It's easier to spend money a little bit reactively, I find, uh, versus proactively. And making that case for the why uh, is something that I've really had to think through, right? And try to determine where, security dollars are best spent, Uh, you know, what is the rationale for doing it? And and a lot of time I hear customers talk about maybe, you know, the negative reasons why they should spend money on security. But I think I want to actually start with the inverse of that uh, and talk a little bit about the positive side. So, you know, one thing I know that we hear a lot is our our companies that ask for third-party risk assessments. Um, And I think there's a real opportunity there for, for, people to be able to spend money proactively attesting or demonstrating that they've spent that they've spent or are cognizant of sort of being better security partners right Uh, and i'm wondering if if you
1: see that on your side at all or in, in conversation with people absolutely i think uh you know one of the one of the drivers um in sort of shifting the conversation and the discussion about security is is changing the mindset from a cost center to an investment and, and how that can really benefit both business owners and um, uh, managers and, and IT folks within an organization. Uh, you know, Years ago, a lot of the discussion was, be- was spent around sort of infrastructure build and, and where data was going to live and, and sort of speeds and feeds. And I think now understanding the importance of security and integrating it and weaving it into every other aspect of someone's IT infrastructure, and having those conversations concurrently is is so vital and so important. Um, you know, I certainly know that we see it uh, on the MSP side, and in the conversations that we have with our clients, uh, you know, integrating cybersecurity as a key component of of sort of de- defense in depth and, and adding layers uh, for both the company's scalability and ability to grow, and also for their uh, protection of data and, and other things. It's it's really vital, and it's a key discussion point now.
0: It 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 seems like it it's a real opportunity to differentiate yourself from competition as well. Right? I, I mean, I feel like so, you know I'm in the security space, so we get asked all the time what our certifications are: uh, NIST eight hundred one seventy one SOC two, right? There, there's, there, just to name a couple. There's a ton of things out there that people can you, it comply with or adhere to, or you know, sort of balance their security program against. Um, do do you think? That there is value when you're working with a with a with a security company or, or any company really that
1: that they that they adhere to some standard like that. Absolutely, I, I, we could speak just about our own company and about the sort of learning um, that we've done since uh, you know 2017 18 and and, and building Van and understanding how we needed to integrate some some more security protocols and, and other. Um, in other endeavors internally to make ourselves better organizationally and more secure and the value that that had for our own business. Um, you know, I think people sometimes view security as we, we said cost center, but also sort of like insurance, which is, uh, you know, it's, hey, I have to have this. I have to spend money on insurance and rather than um, looking at it as an investment. And so you know, insurance is good unless you don't have it when you need it, and it's the right. same with sort of uh, that that as you as you always refer to security fundamentals. If you're not doing what you need to do all along, then it's not scalable because then you've got a really really big investment, a one time to uplift yourself to where you need to be, um, and, and and that has a direct effect on your bottom line. Right. So you know, I, I think. We've seen the benefit of it internally, uh, you know, better procedures, better protocols, better policies, um, and it makes every aspect of our business better. Um, I think uh, from an external perspective, you know, obviously we have, you know, better reputation. Um, We're more insurable when it comes to those insurances that we have to carry between general liability and professional liability and cyber liability. But more than that, um, it allows us to be scalable. So you know we were an organization of thirty people you know three three years ago, and we're up to over fifty now and I think right. that um all of those layers that we've built uh, sort of predicated as security fundamentals as to everything we're doing and and having some of the new uh, uh protocols and things that we've uh, implemented has been fantastic so one of the things that you actually said that resonates with me is is the
0: idea that you're a good partner, right? Or that, or that you have a good relationship, and and I think that cuts both ways, right? So you can be a good partner with your insurance company by you do it, really doing the right things on the security side. Hopefully, keeping your your premiums lower by demonstrating that you're you're doing those critical security qualities that they look for. Uh, I think you know, you're also a good partner with companies that you work with, right? Whether they're clients that we serve or maybe relationships we have with other vendors. You want to be able to demonstrate that you take security seriously, that you're protecting your clients or your partner's data. Um, Mistakes can happen, right? We're in the incident response business. We see incidents all the time with companies that have done the right things and are just a victim. And it's a lot better conversation with companies that you work with if you can say, here's the standard we adhere to. Here's all the things that we did proactively. And it's unfortunate, but we had an incident very different conversation than we ignored all of the advice from all these companies that we've had. And by the way,
1: we still had an incident. I'd rather be in the former. Right. Yeah. And and so that trust that sort of develops through that partnership is, is so key, you know, Years ago, I was in the banking industry, and there was this concept that was sort of bantied about as uh, the regulatory burden, and uh, small banks, community banks, which I was participating in at the time in commercial lending, um, we felt it because we would have these audits from either the FDIC or the state banking department, and you really felt the pressure to to not only comply with all of these various audits and all these different standards, but that the game was always changing. And there wasn't really a sort of a trusted partner or an advocate that would come out and support you in the endeavors, help you guide the way. And I think back to your comment about sort of the NIST framework and understanding that, hey, there are these things that exist out there that are roadmaps and and, and are guides to protecting your organization better and, and steps that you can take. Um, as a small bank at the time, we felt like we were a bit on an island, and that we were being held hostage every time something new came out. It was just fee driven, and that we had to okay, well, increase this fee, pay more to this external auditor, <laughs> right, right. and and there wasn't that sort of symbiotic relationship where it was like, okay, well, we're being guided here, and we know sort of what. There may not be an end result because the the rules will change, and we'll have to keep up. But at least we know we're on the right path. Um, and i know Vancord, you know really seeks to do that with with its clients and and, and the same on TV&G consulting side we've we've worked so hard to to be that trusted advisor so there's there's some really uh, i think there's great opportunity to earn that trust moving forward and and i think we've seen shifts in some of the standards where they've gotten
0: maybe a little shorter maybe a little clearer about what the expectations are to actually you know meet or comply with them um, but i do think there's a there's in an in, in increasing Sensitivity or understanding that having a good security program can be a positive in in help you win business or retaining clients. Right, I think that's different than what I would say was a more common conversation that I had maybe even a half dozen years ago, slightly longer, which would be compliance driving your security program. And it was all about uh, protecting yourself against the potential negatives, right? The the fines, the legal fees, right? And I think we should segue into that a little bit. So. People typically or traditionally looked at it and said, "I need to avoid these problems, not I need to prepare myself to win business." So, on the on the avoiding side, right? There are there's legitimate regulatory fines, and I think talking about your your banking background, I'm sure that's something that was
1: in conversation all the time. Absolutely, um, and it would come from uh, a variety of different places, uh, and you had to be you know very aware of uh, this is you know pre. GDPR and, and a lot of other things that have come around with privacy, um, really even prior to uh, the Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act, there's so many different areas, um, really uh, slippery slopes that you can, that you can fall down if, you, if you're not doing a good job protecting the data in, in different ways, especially in banking. Uh, you know, one of the areas I know that, that you've mentioned and talked a lot about is sort of like the HIPAA guidelines and, um, and, and regulatory fines that come along with that. Um, you know, I don't have as much experience in the healthcare uh, area, but I know that our clients who are in that, uh, that industry really think about this all the time. Right. And, and, and there's real risk there. I mean, we, I've spoken with
0: clients that have had HIPAA fines as a result of, uh, essentially screen scraping. right? People looking over the shoulder, seeing data that they shouldn't, and they, re- they report that as an incident. And it, that's a really easy thing to avoid, uh, you know, we hear on the news all the time about these you know, these multi-million record losses, and I think it's hard to to wrap your head around it a little bit because, frankly, most of us don't deal on that scale. And and you know, an incident that I dealt with once was significantly smaller. You know, ten thousand records. Um, the the client offered notification and credit monitoring to their. Their customer base. About two thousand people opted in. So you know that's a re- that's a number I think we can really evaluate. Right? Two thousand records. Absolutely. The total cost of that incident for them was just under a hundred thousand dollars. So not a huge exposure. Frankly, wasn't that complicated to to to, to address. Uh, legitimate um, sort of requirements for them to notify and and sort of make their customers whole, and it's expensive. And that was a customer I think that did the right thing largely in the security space. Um, you know, they were they happened to be a victim of sort of a, a reasonably well crafted phishing exercise. It's expensive, and unfortunately, a lot of the a lot of the companies that we deal with have records right
1: in that number. But, citing that, I mean, there seems like there's also a, a sort of a time cost formula as well, and and you may not totally understand how long or how deep. Uh, potential breach goes. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So I think, you know, there's numbers, right? So I think
0: the the average cost now per record in a breach, I think is $180, uh, 180 $189, right? In that neighborhood, right? So, so per record has gone up annually. Uh, I know they factor into that lost business and notification costs and things like that, right? So it's a little bit of a combination of, you know, what was the business impact versus what was the actual spend? Um, you know, there's there's also uh, sort of a significant significant cost reduction if you can identify an incident earlier on. And I think the average time is about 250 days from the time an attacker, say, lands in an environment to the time they're discovered. A lot of damage can be done in in that length of time, right? So the the quicker that you can discover or identify a threat and, and sort of contain it, certainly the less expensive it's going to be. And, and and frankly, your communications are better, right? It is a lot better to talk to your customers and say, we discovered this within a week, right? That that's better than we
1: discovered this in, you know, three quarters of a year. And going back to your, your comment about sort of trust. I mean, obviously one of the bigger components to that is your reputational impact and how a a breach or or an incident can really, you know, it can linger. It can be sort of water of undetermined depth and beyond that. Um, once sort of public notification becomes a reality, that has a substantial business impact. It does, and I think we're you know we have to be cognizant of that both for um, you know organizations who who may not even know that at the time that they're just discovering something going on. It's a little bit different than uh, perhaps uh, what uh, the market experience with uh, Colonial Pipeline and some of the other more popular uh, ransomware type incidents uh, when, there's, when there's phishing campaigns, other things, and sort of the, the surface attack vectors and all the things we right. talk about right. all the time and and where sort of the highest probability uh, of, of a breach can come from. Um, but yeah, that reputational impact is huge. It's huge.
0: And again, it's a, it's a partnership thing. If you if you can have a conversation with your customer, and I'm a big fan of transparency. So I think if you can talk to your customers early during that incident discovery period, it's... It, Again, it strengthens the relationships that you're trying to establish. So I prefer to say, hey, we had an event that we are investigating and we're letting you know early so that you, you, you understand where we're at in, this, in the investigation phase and we'll keep you informed as we make progress. That's better than saying, we discovered what we thought was a breach a month ago and we spent a month sort of secretly trying to determine what the impact might be. And now that we think it's serious, we're gonna let you know. People do that, and, and, and there's an argument or a case to be made sometimes for, for being careful about what you, what you say or tell people. With your business partners in particular, I think it's important to have open, honest, transparent conversations, even, that, even if that means there's going to be a difficult conversation.
1: Absolutely. I, I, just, I was just reminded of, of another very public uh, incident that happened you know, probably five years ago, maybe more, with, with uh, Target. Um, and, and and sort of how that even came to be through a, a third party vendor that was working on a system and didn't realize it at the time, and that's where a huge exposure came right. from yeah and so, and you know, that made the new the big thing for that was you know
0: they're going to lose so much business yeah. and i don't know, maybe for a short period of time maybe, sure. but I go to target <laughs> I yeah. feel perfectly comfortable yeah. there Absolutely. now, and I think they you know, they handled it well enough, but of course, then, you know, they do. They did a nice job recovering from a marketing standpoint, know, for sure. And,
1: and that's a component of this, right? So if say on one end, you've got sort of the targets and the colonial pipelines and these really large enterprises that probably have, uh, they're more adept or have systems in place to handle this, or maybe uh, more acutely aware of the risks, um, you know, sort of go down the line to small businesses, you know, startups and and some of the clients that we see, you know, mutually on a, on a regular basis, um what's the conversation starter to to convince uh, either that business owner or that founder that that is really trying to figure out where to invest those dollars early on that you know smart things to do when it comes to security uh, it doesn't necessarily be need to be the fanciest piece of software yeah, yeah. or the fanciest box that that does it says that it could do everything. Um, you know how, how do we how do you start that discussion and how do you sort of lead them down the path?
0: So you know, I'd, I'd say if if you haven't listened to the security fundamentals, right, to anybody listening to this, if you haven't listened to security fundamentals yet, you should go back to episode one because uh, I think that's where it all starts. It's not about making huge investments in infrastructure or hardware very often. It's about you know, patching and password management and some security awareness training. But there's some really, in my opinion, really inexpensive ways to in, to improve the security culture of a company. Uh, make yourself less of a target, uh, improve that general understanding, and, uh, and, and and frankly, be able to talk with your customers about what you're doing internally to, to advance that sort of culture of security. And I think that's an important thing to do. Um, I personally don't like to lead with fear. It's easy in the security industry, right? There's always, the, there's always negative things that happen, uh, but I think there are, there are good reasons, right? Non-fear-based reasons to do this stuff. Uh, you know, winning business and retaining customers, I think is a big one. And, and we're starting to see more of that. And, and, and frankly,
1: that gives me some, some gratitude because I think you're seeing that culture change a little bit now. Yeah, for sure. I think the selling on the basis of fear, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a time for urgency, Sure, I think. Um, but, but maybe fair and urgency, uh, can be sort of mutually exclusive as it relates to that. Then they should be, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to run around, you know, the
0: sky is falling with people, uh, you know, maybe some clients it legitimately is more, it, but you need to have that relationship in place to be able to convince somebody that that's the fact anyway. So, um, yeah, I know we're, I know we're roughly up against time here. I think I do want to end a little bit by saying in, in, in a future podcast, we will discuss, Uh, an interesting bill that happened here in Connecticut, uh, House Bill 6607, which is actually legislation that uh, is designed to help insulate companies who have adopted a security standard uh, against uh, lawsuits. So I think that's something we'll want to spend a little bit of time on. And it's an interesting segue to this because it definitely gives companies an additional reason to make a proactive spend and hopefully protect themselves, right? It's slightly akin to insurance, and we'll explore that a little bit more. but with that, um, I'd like to thank you Michael for joining. Well thanks for having me. Uh, yeah I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, if anybody's interested in exploring you know this topic a little bit more or, or frankly has ideas for future topics, uh, you know, hit us up at Bancourt security on Twitter. Uh, we're happy to you know create a, a topic here that that is of interest to everybody. Uh, and with that I appreciate everybody's time. I hope you got something out of this and thank you. Stay vigilant. Stay resilient. This has been CyberSound.